It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're on the downhill slide towards the end of spring camp. Who are some of the players standing out for BYU and who could still emerge in the final few weeks of spring ball? We also catch up with BYU wide receiver Dom Henry. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Our title sponsor today is our friends over at FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Hope you all are doing well. Welcome on into your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. The only goal I have here on this podcast is to make you guys guys the smartest BYU fans in the room so thank you for checking us out all right obviously spring ball continues to roll on for BYU we are getting ready for their spring scrimmage showcase whatever they're going to call it on Friday afternoon out there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium um, I'm going to tell you guys right now the forecast does not does not look promising so I would anticipate just uh, based on right now this is Wednesday it could change in two days time but based on what I understand about the forecast etc I would anticipate a tempered or a watered-down, whatever you want to term it, uh, spring scrimmage. But that does not mean that work is not being done in practice for BYU. In fact, uh, everything that I hear in the conversations I'm having around BYU spring ball and with my own observations with my own eyeballs, uh, I am absolutely uh, floored by the change in energy and the overall just feeling around the BYU football program. And what I mean by that is there's just a a feeling of urgency around this program right now. They know what is coming up. They know that the Big 12 is nearly here. They know that in just a few months' time, BYU will officially be a Power 5 program. They've been essentially acting as such for the better part of a year, if not longer than that, during their independent era as a football program. Ever since that announcement came, that announced they were going to be joining the Big 12 Conference, they have been acting and trying to uh, gear up to be as good of a Big 12 or a Power 5 program as they possibly can be. But I, I can tell you just in spring ball, all I am hearing is about just the renewed energy and focus that this program has. And it comes down to essentially one guy, Jay Hill. I don't know if I can sing more praises of what Coach Hill has brought to the BYU football program. He has brought just a renewed energy, a vigor, just a, a vigor and vim, you know, you know that expression. They absolutely love this guy. Every coach, every player I have talked to just express how great grateful they are to have him in this program and I guess I can just add on to this by saying I don't know necessarily that we as a media core maybe you out there as fans etc I don't think we can fully appreciate how big of a hire that was for BYU they had a pretty decent run with Lysa Tuiaki and Ed Lamb as the brain trust that built BYU's defense for the past seven seasons under Kalani Satake but it run its course and Kalani Satake to his credit uh, realized maybe a touch too late that he needed to make a change. He stepped in last year trying to right the ship and you can uh, argue how that ultimately went, but he knew that he needed to mix things up and he went out 
up there with the blessing of the BYU athletic department and went and targeted the guy that he thought could come in and just completely make over BYU's defense and just bring, as I mentioned, kind of a new energy, uh, just a new um, spirit into the BYU football program. And that was Jay Hill. Was it cheap? No. Jay Hill's making north of a million dollars. I'll tell you that right now. Based on the conversations I have had, he is making more money than a lot of head coaches have ever made uh, in their time at BYU. And I'm even talking about the great Lavelle Edwards. Uh, The crazy thing about this is Jay Hill is a million dollar coordinator. And Everything, like I said, that seems to be going on in this in this program right now indicates to me that he is worth every diamond penny of that contract. And I cannot wait to see the product on the field. Uh, let me just also stress, though, is it going to be perfect year one? No, because I don't think he has every player that he thinks he needs to have to run his defense at the highest level he expects it to run. I don't think he necessarily uh, believes that BYU's players are going to fully understand the intricacies, the ins and outs of his defense, even maybe game one against Sam Houston State. But I can tell you this much. He is doing his absolute darndest. They are running drills. They're doing new ways of learning. They're they're essentially, they've revolutionized everything that they are doing, especially on the defensive side of the football, to get these guys up to speed. I also can add this, and this is something that a number of you have expressed concern and or outrage and or just downright anger at, is BYU's lack of fundamentals on defense. One thing that Jay Hill has been a stickler about, and I've seen it with my own eyes, is fundamentals in practice. Tackling the proper way, the correct angles to take when you're in pursuit drills, uh, just understanding concepts and coverage, not getting yourself out of alignment as a defensive back in his realm as the safeties coach. He is focused on the nitty-gritty details that sometimes... Uh, even the previous staff glossed over. I remember Kalani Satake said that we're going back to tackling school last year when BYU's tackling woes were at the forefront during the 2022 season. Uh, I don't think we're going to hear that same statement this fall. Now, will tackling be perfect? No, it never is. Tackling is a, is a skill that requires repetitive action. And that's something that Kalani Satake, he has talked about this. BYU has gone about maybe the most physical spring ball that I can remember in recent memory. I was talking with a person off to the side at last, let's see, it was last Thursday's uh, practice. So a lot of coaches milling around. It was the high school coaches clinic that they hold annually. I was talking with a person uh, about this, and they expressed to me that it seems like the most physical spring balls can either a, injure your team to the point where you're crippled going into the season. B, uh, get guys so mad at each other that you have to end practices early. Or C, be the perfect ingredient in terms of building a program, bringing guys together, and getting them to the level that you expect them to be at. It is my personal perception on this that BYU is getting more of the third uh, option there with regards to how physical spring ball has been. Kalani knows what he is doing. He knows he's taking a risk of guys potentially getting injured, but they're also being smart about this. Guys like Isaac Rex are not going to be in every single tackling drill and every first team rep going live with the opposing defense. There is no reason to put your talisman tight end out there and put him at risk, especially as he recovers from a second ankle operation to take the hardware out of his dislocated ankle the previous year. There's no reason to risk him. The quarterbacks have not been live, to my knowledge, in spring ball quite yet. Will they be live during the scrimmage on Friday? I would highly, highly doubt that, especially if there is snow and or rain in the forecast. They're being... uh 
cautious, but also they're bringing it right up to that limit of maybe crossing that line of being just a little bit too physical. But Kalani knows the, the only way to get better, and he talks about this all the time, the only way to get better on defense is to let guys actually do what they're supposed to do on defense, and that's tackle and hit. You can't you can't replicate that without actually doing it. Injuries come as a result of that. And have there been some dings and dents during spring ball? Yes, there have. But I, based on what I understand, there have been no quote-unquote season-ending injuries to this point. So hopefully that holds up. Now, I, I meant to talk about some of the other people that have stood out in spring ball to me. Uh, let me just add quickly. A couple of you pointed out yesterday when I talked about the transfer portal. Well, what about kicker, Jake? And yes, I probably should have acknowledged that. I thought I covered it maybe more on Monday's podcast. But BYU is going to hit the transfer portal for a kicker. Uh, Matthias Dunn is the walk-on from Wasatch High School. Uh, actually talking with some people who know him well, he actually was cut by last year's staff. Ed Lamb and company actually cut him last spring. He uh, came back to the program this spring and has become BYU in spring ball so far, their most consistent kicker. Does that mean that he is the uh, Number one, no doubt, option at kicker? Absolutely not. BYU needs to hit the transfer portal in that and absolutely see what they can do to find maybe an upgrade there. But uh, right now, it looks like a walk-on who, like I said, was cut last year, according to people who know him, uh, will be BYU's kicker heading into the summer and that transfer portal period. Now, one other name to pay attention to, and this is something I failed to note uh, earlier this week. I probably should have noted it on Monday's podcast, but I was reviewing some of my notes and my conversations with folks. There's a defensive lineman that you you probably want to know, and he actually had him on this podcast recently, Nisa Mahe. What I understand is that Nisa has just been absolutely a bull in the China shop on the defensive line. He is actually taking starters reps away from different guys along that defensive front. A lot of people, yours truly included, thought that he may end up as a high-quality backup for BYU, but it appears that this new defense has reinvigorated him, and he's making the most of his opportunity. Uh, I've been talking on this podcast that when Jay Hill came into this program, it was going to be an opportunity for some guys who maybe had uh, earned a reputation or to kind of been uh, left off to the side with the previous regime to get an opportunity to reinvigorate their careers. And based on what I understand out of spring ball, Atunaisa Mahe has taken advantage of just that. So I don't want to make it sound like it's all sunshine and rainbows and everything's hunky-dory in Provo. But like I said, my overall premise to start off today's show is the fact that Jay Hill is just, there's a, like I said, there's a renewed spirit in the BYU football program. It was a bit of a chore last year uh, talking to some of those defensive players. And any of you who paid attention to the media uh, sessions that we had with defensive players last year, they were... They were down, and as they should have been, because they were not good. But Jay Hill has just kind of brought in, like I said, a new energy and just a, a new uh, vigor and injected it into this defense. Will it yield better play? Hopefully, but we won't know that until September 2nd when they kick off against Sam Houston State. And even then, an overmatch Sam Houston State in the following week against Southern Utah, you should be 2-0. Maybe the first true test of BYU won't come until week three when they head to Arkansas, but... Uh, I can tell you that right now that just based on my perception and the conversations I've had with folks, Jay Hill, he's doing some really, really cool things uh, with this BYU football program. But uh, as with everything, the proof is in the pudding, and we will find out this fall if he truly is the miracle worker that he appears he might be for the BYU Cougars. All right, coming up here in just a minute, I'm going to stay with the football theme. Uh, we're going to catch up with BYU wide receiver Dom Henry. Every time that we've been out there as a media group, uh, we've watched, I think we've been, so there are 10 practices in at this point. 
We'll be out there later again this evening for practice 11. If I recall, we've been to at least four, maybe five of those practices. And in every single one of those practices, I can think of Dom Henry making a highlight reel catch, whether it's a big catch across the middle, a touchdown reception, whatever it is, he has made highlight reel catch after highlight reel catch. Well, how's he done it? Uh, What has been the secret to his success so far in spring ball? Well, We'll ask him next. First, a word on our friends over at FanDuel. Of course, they've been working with us for months now, and the tournament is heating up. There's no better place to get in on the action than with our friends at FanDuel. They're America's number one sports book, and that's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net uh, on Monday night night all in an app that's safe secure and super easy to use check it out don't miss out on your shot for that no sweat first bet of up to one thousand dollars right now with fanduel just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up make every moment more and do it with our friends at fanduel Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere especially during march your eyes are on the road but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket their sudden braking puts you in a 16 car pileup that's anything but sweet And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Cannot thank you guys enough for your support of the podcast. I want to encourage you, if you've not done so already, check out Locked On College Basketball. Get caught up on all the college basketball news you guys can handle. UVU falling in the NIT last night against UAB. Uh, Mark Madsen might be on the move, my friends. But if you want to get caught up on everything college hoops, check out Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, time now to let you guys hear an exclusive one-on-one conversation I had with BYU wide receiver Dom. Henry. Now, this is a young man. Let me just preface this right off the top. In talking with some of the people who know him best in the BYU football program, what they have told me is that he is making the most of his opportunity here in spring ball. We all know that they have a big three at wide receiver for BYU and Cody Epps, Chase Roberts, and uh, Keanu Hill. Those are BYU's leading guys. The fourth guy going into spring ball was thought to be Parker Kingston. But Parker Kingston has been sidelined with a uh, broken wrist, a uh, broken bone in his hand slash wrist area, the way I understand it. Uh, he will be healed up at some point, but he's probably going to miss the rest of the spring. But that's opened a huge, huge opportunity for Dom Henry. And even before Parker Kingston got injured, Dom Henry was still making an impression with the BYU football program. And what I've been told is he's making the most of his opportunity so far in spring ball, unlike some other guys who have been given a similar type of opportunity. And that that there's something to say for that. So without further ado, here you go. My one-on-one conversation with BYU wide receiver Dom Henry. I think you're what I like to call the breakout star of spring ball. Every time us as a media corps have been out here watching, you've made like a highlight reel catch. At a t- what they ruled was a touchdown today. Uh, what, I guess, take me through it. What, what have you been doing to improve your game? Really, I think it's been a lot mentally. I've just been working on myself, um, just building confidence, yeah. and also like physically putting on weight, mm-hmm. working on my route running, creating separation. Everything's contributed. Now, you played at the highest level in the state of Florida. You were the best receiver your senior year at that level. You're obviously a very accomplished athlete. What what have you improved the most since coming to BYU? I think the most what I've improved on is probably my IQ. Okay. I think at a college level, um, IQ is very important. Mm-hmm. And just learning football, I mean, I think it's helped me a lot, knowing coverages, knowing where the open space is. We t- talked with Fessy Satake before we started this interview. He was telling me, like, don't let it go to your head. 
Yeah. But but when you're when you're making plays, it's got to give you that confidence that you can continue to do that. Obviously. Yes, sir. Yeah. Is that yeah. is that is that your your mentality right now in spring? Yeah, I'm just <laughs> trying to build confidence, stack days. Okay. Each day, get one percent better. Okay, I've heard the stack days thing from like every one of your teammates. Is that like a thing in the program? Like, what what what's the background think, on that? I think it's like a collective thing. Like uh-huh. as an athlete, okay, you know, you just want to build and just get better every single day. Yeah, just build on the previous day's yeah. successes mm-hmm. or failures in certain circumstances. Now. As a wide receiver, you're obviously not the biggest guy, but what have you done, I guess, as a receiver? What do you feel like your strengths are? I think my strengths are, I mean, creating separation with my uh-huh. quickness. Okay. And also, like, with the jump ball, I can go up and get it. Mm-hmm. I can jump pretty high. And so, yeah, the main thing, just creating space. You got the hops that Blake Freeland has? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Can you I challenge so. that 37-inch vertical? I, think, I think I'm probably right there with him. <laughs> Very cool. Obviously, Puka was kind of the big guy on campus at the wide receiver core last year. Uh, what did you learn from guys like him? Um, well, Puka was actually my desk mate in okay. the meeting room. Yeah. So usually I would try to pick his brain every day, asking him like what he thinks about this route or that route. Mm-hmm. And I just learned, like, I mean, pretty much everything. Like, how what? There's a lot that goes into football, yeah. and like always thinking, always thinking of the coverages. Well, you both. He obviously was a star here locally in high school, and you were a star down in Florida. You guys. The mentality of a wide receiver is an interesting one. The psyche you have to have because mm-hmm. you have to believe you truly are that dude. Mm-hmm. Is that is that kind of how you approach the game? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's what helped me my senior year. Yeah. I was, my coach would tell me just like, just know you're that dude. And <laughs> that's what I try to carry with me and try to think, tell myself every single day. Now, your time at BYU, obviously, it's a completely different place. You've come clear across the country here. Mm-hmm. What's the experience been like? It's been pretty good. I like it. I mean, it's a big change from, I mean, the beach. But, um, <laughs> yes. I mean, seeing the mountains every day is a little weird. Uh-huh. It's, like, it's flat in Florida. Yeah. But, I mean, I've, I've liked it. It's pretty cool, like, going snowboarding and stuff. Uh-huh. The snow. I mean, the snow got a little old after a while, but. Well, even yeah. us Utah okay, natives, yeah. we've gotten t- kind of tired of it, Yeah, too. I'm tired of it. Just, like, on my windshield, just <laughs> yes. scraping off. Yeah, but, I mean, it's been cool. I, I think I've adapted to it pretty well. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for it to get warm again, though, for sure. Obviously, in the recruiting process, coaches will tell you things and say, "Hey, this is what it's going to be like." Has it lived up to that? Has it been different? Like, what's it been like? Um, I think it's been. Li- I think it's been lived up to. Okay. I just the main thing is just proving myself. And, uh-huh. yeah. Do you feel like this spring period is giving you that opportunity to finally go and show what you're capable of doing? Yeah, most definitely. With the limited receivers, mm-hmm. I think like the opportunity Coach Fessy's given me, mm-hmm. I've been able to just like capitalize on it and show them. And the last thing for me, is there a receiver, either college ranks or professional ranks, you kind of pattern, or, or maybe some of them that you, you pattern your game after? I would say the main receiver would be Garrett Wilson. Okay. That's why I like to yeah. watch the most. He went to Ohio State. I always watch his film. Uh-huh. I still watch it all the time. So I'll see what he does. There you go. BYU wide receiver Dom Henry and Garrett Wilson. That's an interesting uh, comparison. A guy that he's, he's tracking and kind of modeling his game after. And uh, just if you're watching this on YouTube, if you didn't watch it on YouTube, I'd encourage you to check out YouTube because there's full video of these conversations. Uh, you can look at my ugly mug when I talk uh, BYU sports here. But if, if you if you want uh, a look at how cut Dom Henry is, any of you who saw that, that is a well put together young man. Is he the biggest wide receiver out there? No, but he's not. Most wide receivers aren't that physically imposing. Not every Everybody is DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf is just an absolute freak uh, for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. But a guy like Dom Henry, I'm excited to see what he can do. And I I truly think that everything coming out of spring ball, if it translates over to training camp and he continues to do what he's been doing in spring ball so far, expect him to continue to make a name for himself. And I would think he's he's probably planning to be part of the rotation 
this fall. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll round out today's show with some news and notes on BYU baseball, softball, also BYU basketball, former member of their basketball program, is headed to Houston in the Final Four, but participating in something that you may not have heard of. We'll talk about that, and we'll also finish up the regular season of the 2014 season and our look back at all 155 BYU football games uh, as we continue on throughout the offseason with that countdown. We'll get to all of that in just a couple of moments. First, a word on our friends over at Utah, uh, Utah Community Credit Union. UCCU has opened a new branch in Vineyard, and to celebrate, UCCU is giving away a 2023 Kawasaki Terex for UTV. The new branch offers all the benefits of a UCCU branch, multiple drive-up lanes, a 24-hour ATM, and UCCU's new interactive teller machines, or ITM for short, which provide all the benefits of meeting with a real UCCU professional either in the branch or right from your vehicle. It's a virtual connection to a remote teller with a highly personalized audio and video connection. It's a really cool feature, my friend. So celebrate with UCCU and enter to win that 2023 Kawasaki Terex for UTV. The winner will be announced in April, but the entry deadline is March 31st. So just a couple of days, my friends, for you to get in on that and enter to win that 2023 Kawasaki Terex for UTV. Stop by UCCU's branch in Vineyard or enter at uccu.com. Hurry, you don't have to be a member. The best part is, by the way, you don't have to be a member of UCCU to enter, and there is no purchase necessary. That's UCCU. Love where you bank. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. You guys are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, if you guys have not done so already, just a request that if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, hit the enable notifications and also follow the show on YouTube and also do it wherever you listen to podcasts. You listen to the audio format, uh, make sure you follow us. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, every other podcast provider out there. And if you have not done so already, also a quick request to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and also some thoughts, uh, if you don't mind. We'll those five-star uh, ratings, and obviously any uh, content you want to provide, any feedback you want to provide, all of it is welcome. Uh, one final housekeeping note, I guess I should say. Uh, it is a mailbag Thursday tomorrow on the show. If you've got questions about BYU football, basketball, what I'm seeing at practice, any of that, uh, bring it. Send them in to us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can search out Locked On Cougars. Send them in that way. Email the show, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Or uh, drop me a note on my personal Twitter feed, at Jacob C. Hatch. It's my full name, and thank you in advance for doing so. All right, uh, before we go on today's show, some notes. BYU former guard Rudy Williams will be participating in the State Farm College Team Skills and 3x3U Championships will be taking place in downtown Houston uh, on March 29th, which is tomorrow night. The event will air on ESPN2 tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Uh, he played in all 34 games this past season for BYU as a graduate transfer into the program. This is a really cool opportunity for him to make a name for himself in a 3x3-on-3 uh, circuit type deal. The funny thing about this is Jimmer Fredette, former BYU super 
superstar. We all know that. He has aspirations of making the Paris Olympics next year uh, by playing three-on-three basketball. So this might be an introduction for Rudy Williams and his future uh, pro prospects. Maybe three-on-three is, is in his future. And you can tune in and find out if you want to check that out. It's tomorrow night once again. Other notes uh, from results early this week. BYU softball won a 14-11 to slugfest over Utah Tech on Monday at Carl Brooks Field. So congratulations to BYU softball. Continuing to get it done. They're headed out east to LSU uh, to face off against the Tigers, Louisiana Tech, and NC State in LSU's Purple and Gold Challenge. Uh, that starts on Friday and goes through Saturday in Baton Rouge. So check that out. Uh, should be links uh, to live streams of that. And also BYU baseball. Tough loss last night. BYU was up 8-4, to four, if I recall correctly, going into the bottom of the ninth inning. But UVU rallies for five straight runs in the bottom of the ninth and walks it off to beat BYU for their first home win over the Cougars since 2012. It had been over a decade since BYU had last lost in Orem. Uh, so tough loss for BYU. BYU heads up to the Pacific Northwest this weekend for a big series at Gonzaga Thursday through Saturday. And they'll finish up the weekend with a Monday matinee affair against Washington State up there in the Spokane area, but tough loss for BYU baseball. Hopefully they can have some better results on the road this weekend at Gonzaga. All right, final note before we go on today's show is our continuation of our look back at all 155 games in BYU football's history as an independent football program. We have been plodding through the 2014 season, and BYU uh, went into their regular season finale in 2014, 7-4. They had accepted an invite to play in the Miami Beach Bowl. Uh, we'll talk about that one on tomorrow's show, what a wild game that was. But they finished up the regular season with the wild games. They traveled to Cal. Now, Sonny Dykes, who obviously led TCU to the national championship just this past season, was then Cal's head coach. And uh, the Golden Bears were 5-6 and six coming into this game. And all they needed to do to get to a bowl game and really kind of push stamp on their season and hopefully uh, find themselves uh, going uh, to the postseason was to beat BYU. Now, they also had lost the previous week in the game uh, to Stanford, which would have given them an opportunity to be 6-5 uh, and five coming into this game, but they were desperate, and they played desperate in this game. BYU, to their credit, had a superstar performance, maybe the finest performance of Christian Stewart's career at BYU in this game. It was a back-and-forth game. Uh, Jared Goff, obviously we all know, would end up as the number one overall pick to the Los Angeles Rams, uh, passed for four touchdowns along with 390 yards. He was 38 of 60 in this game, but he was outdone by Christian Stewart, who had a masterful performance. 23 of 38, 433 yards passing, five touchdowns against one interception. Absolutely insane numbers for Christian Stewart, and he did. He had to do that because BYU only ran for 107 yards as a team. Paul Asike had 63 yards, Algie Brown had 38, and Adam Hine had 20 for 107 total yards rushing. It's not your typical output you'd like to see for a more balanced offense, but to Christian Stewart's credit, he came out and balled out. Jordan Leslie maybe had his finest performance in a BYU uniform. Five receptions, 105, uh, 155 yards. That's a healthy average of 31 yards per reception and two touchdowns. His long went 83 in that game. Uh, Mitchell Jurgens had seven receptions for 107 yards and two touchdowns of his own. So really, really good performances up and down the board. But BYU got a touchdown uh, late in this game with 239 to go, if I recall correctly. I was reading up on this just to confirm the time because I remember them scoring late. 
And then Goff uh, got the ball back as BYU was leading 42-35 to at that point. Uh, BYU, had, by the way, had scored 28 second-half points at that point. They were up, uh, it was 21-14 to for Cal at the end of the first half. But BYU rallies with 14 points both in the third and the fourth quarters. And all Jared Goff needed to do was to get his team uh, into the end zone one more time to either push it to overtime or potentially go for two and win the game. But BYU got them uh, into, the, into the red zone. I was down to BYU's nine. There it was, yeah. Down to BYU's 9, an offensive line false start penalty uh, pushed BYU back to the 14, and then Goff threw four consecutive incomplete passes, if any of you recall this game. I remember this happening. Kenny Lawler was the target on all four of those passes. The last one went over his head uh, with 10 seconds to go, and BYU was off and celebrating. And what an incredible season BYU's arc was in 2014, if you recall it. They started the season with Taysom Hill being an absolute magician. Uh, He was a Heisman Trophy candidate in most people's eyes. He breaks his leg and BYU goes into a tailspin they lost four straight games after winning four straight they lose four straight games uh, in the month of October. Bounce back with a four-win November. Get themselves to eight and four, and then they found out they would be playing Memphis in the Miami Beach Bowl. And as some of these bowl games can be a little bit uh, forgotten over time, well, that one will never be forgotten. We'll talk about what happened with Miami Beach Bowl or the Beach Brawl on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. All right, coming up on tomorrow's show, I'll recap what I take away from BYU Spring Ball. I'll be out there at practice once again. We'll bring any notes we can find from you guys, maybe some more interviews, that type of stuff. And of course, like I said, we'll talk about the Miami Beach Bowl as well. Crazy, crazy times. We're looking forward uh, to being with you guys again tomorrow. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Check out Locked On Big 12 now. Make sure you get caught up on all the Big 12 news that you can handle. That's available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Make that your second listen. Until tomorrow, my friends, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.